day job. Let's go. Look at me, Damien. The black is dying. From the front time. Let us you As you heard it, this is Blade Job, episode 50, Big 5-0. I am one of the co-hosts, Eric, and I'm here with good friend, wrestling, uh, you know, I'm going to say wrestling expert and uh, movie trivia expert, Steve Carley. <laughs> Feels good to be here and not having to kick us off, you know, that's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. So, um... So yeah, like I said, this is episode fifty. Fifty, we're, Lord, uh, man. It's been. W- when did we start? The summer of twenty eighteen. I mean, yeah, I think twenty eighteen is when we kind of like brought you back. We brought you on for sure. That's right. We were in like it was like I was in that Royal Oak House and we were in that cold ass basement. It was nice. Yeah, I remember that. That was back when and, uh, Ryan was a part of it before he got mm-hmm. kidnapped by the cartel. Yeah. Rest in peace, Ryan. So. Yeah, that's the blade job history is long and complicated. Yeah, this but is technically in the in the history for any of those original fans. This is like episode fifty, like four. My God, before my time. There's there's some hidden episodes that were like Spotify or not. Uh, we only had them on like SoundCloud back in like <laughs> late twenty, like early twenty seventeen. Now we're so. now we can happily announce we're now exclusive on title, so you have to get title from now yeah. on to listen to us. That's not true at all, of course, but it'd be pretty funny. I've never no. even used title. Wherever so. you're listening to this, uh, clearly it's working. Yeah, it's true. That's, clearly, I feel like that's always like people always say like find us anywhere, but they're clearly already listening, unless they're just happening to be like like we, we popped up in like a recommended YouTube video or something like. Clearly, you found us somewhere. So I never thought about keep that. Keep listening there. No, I'm going to keep thinking about that whenever I hear someone say that, because you're right, <laughs> they do all the time. So, yeah. Eric, what's on the docket today? So, it's uh, we're recording this. It's 4th of July week. You know, we're kind of heading up to the 4th. Um, you know, we're, we're just right in the thick of another wave of COVID here <laughs> in America. <laughs> it's only going to get worse after the 4th. I don't know, man. I'm not feeling very patriotic this year, so. No. No, I'm going. I'm going up to the. I'm going up north. I'm going up to the away from people. Where now bars to, are to the still middle open. of nowhere. I'm going onto a lake, so it's it's nice to have plans for the fourth because I never do because I don't really care about the fourth at all. So it's That's like nice. you know, usually I would I would just sit there and be like, well, this is cool, but you know, but it's nice That's to uh, actually have some sort of plan. So I'm excited about that. But I'm actually off work now. I'm got four day weekend, so I'm killing it. Me? Oh, nice. I I'm off. Uh... I'm off Friday, and then I, I'm taking Monday off. Word. So I got a four-day weekend, too, just on the flip side. Oh, love it. Love it. All-encompassing yeah. four-day week. Love it. Are we doing uh, – we're doing some wrestling this episode again. Right? Oh, yeah. We're, we're doing the back-to-back wrestling. Last week we covered, uh, you know, the – you know, we, we were coming off the, the heat of the, uh, the yes. Black Lives Matter. We were keeping it timely with, you know, trying to, keep, you know – keep it respectful but still kind of with a little f you to the cops so yeah we had taker boss man and this week we are we're sticking with wrestling and we're kind of keeping it patriotic with great american bash 1989 main event rick flair and terry funk now uh, rick flair of course i know obviously because you don't need to be a wrestling fan to know rick flair yeah. but terry funk i know that you've mentioned him before but i'm not an expert mm-hmm. on him by any means so this so, will be we'll, yeah, we'll get into his history more. But you, you know what, Steve? I think you. We'll get into it when we we talk about Terry Funk. But one of the maybe outside of Roddy Piper and Hulk Hogan, Terry Funk was kind of like a 
wrestling uh, actor in the 70s. Really? I'll be damned. Well, yeah, a good friend of Sylvester Stallone. Um, oh. did, did a lot of stuff behind the scenes in Hollywood. So even some like fight, fight choreographing. So we'll, we'll get into that when we get down into, um, uh, you know, the, the match and stuff, but yeah, Terry Funk, you know what too? I must, I have to mention this. Uh, my girlfriend, Cassie, mm-hmm. friend of the show, best friend of the show. Yeah. Big, big Terry Funk fan. Okay. Shit. All right. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll get into uh, a lot of Terry. Like I said, Flair doesn't really need much introduction. We're not going to go too much into him, but we will. We'll we'll dive a little bit into what what Terry Funk's all about, and uh, it's it's a it's a bloody match, and uh, we're kind of I'm covering it too because it's it's going to lead up to something maybe later this year that we can talk about at the end. So a little taste, I like that. And, yeah, and might I say before I forget, I got to commend you on your ability to find relevant wrestling events this whole time 50 episodes oh. i mean you're just so good yeah, at finding relevant shit for the times you can go back to the to the og episodes with ryan we were covering uh remember we covered the the slime wrestling uh, real quick um you know we we covered uh, uh you know there's a slew of them go back in the archives when we were a three-man booth and we uh we, we we we've been finding some good stuff all along but yeah now we're doing these deep dives that's right and uh yeah, this this one this match took place end of July, but still Great American Bash. It's kind of a patriotic type deal. Love it, fantastic. So, um, so I know we always do some kind of housekeeping, some recent updates. I understand you don't have a whole. I mean, you know, it's with everything going on. You know, I really haven't been watching. I've actually been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed on my PS4. Oh. I've been I beat well as much as one can beat both Origins and Odyssey. For those who actually are a fan of that series, it took a long time. It's like sixty five hours in, in Odyssey. And I got maybe 75% of the game done. So uh, I've been playing the shit out of those games. But then the only thing I've been watching, so this is actually relevant. I've been watching the new Perry Mason on HBO with Matthew Reese. I don't know what that is. Perry Mason was an old, I want to say 50s, early 60s, uh, kind of like you know, really famous TV series, kind of a private eye kind of thing. Um, and this is like a reboot of it, I guess, from HBO. It, that second mm. episode just aired, I watched yesterday. Um, it's very good, and it's also extremely gory, way more than I was expecting. Really? It's just, I think it being on HBO is just that they're like, why the hell not? So we've got you know him investigating, you know, corpses that are just like there's one I, in this second episode that's great where a guy shot himself in the head with a shotgun. So like you're going, you're seeing his corpse long after he did it, and his head is just split open, and you can just, it's, it's fantastic, I mean, even even I was like, wow, this is like, I'm surprised HBO was allowing this, because it's just like, you've got Matthew Reese with a pencil, you know, trying not to, trying to, to touch any of like the, you know, any, because mm. this takes place in, the, in 1932, I should mention that, it's very good. Uh, so you just yeah. got him, you know, you just have him kind of, you know, moving body, you know, facial features, and it's just split open completely, it's really nice. Um, practical effect you think uh oh for sure it has, for sure has it to is because right? yeah. you got really nice close-ups and everything it's uh very i was very impressed by that so is it relevant to this podcast and eh, but the amount of gore is just way more than i was expecting which is you know nice so um, I, I just looked it up and i i've actually i have seen a trailer for it and you know what it, i i didn't know what it was about really mm-hmm. But it reminded me kind of of like, um, did you ever see the Black Dahlia movie? No, but I know all about it. Brian De Palma. It's it, got Josh, uh, it, what's his name? Yeah. Josh, uh, the guy who was famous uh, but then left because he didn't want to be famous anymore. Josh something. I don't know. But yeah, it kind of looks like that. Like like 50s, 40s, 
whatever that era of how like L.A. crime. Um, yeah, yeah. Josh Hartnett, by the way. Yeah, he oh, okay. he was famous. Then he's like, I don't want to be famous anymore, so he left. So, um, yeah, no, well, that's good. I, I recommend. He didn't join Scientology. That's so. true. Yeah, no, he's a family <laughs> man. I gotta respect it. Uh, so yeah, Perry Mason. That's pretty much all I've been watching. I mean, you know, I still am just. I mean, I just watch a shit ton of like the seventies, the eighties, the movies mm, on yeah, CNN. Yeah, you've I mentioned those. I love it. So that's pretty much all I got for the recent updates and crap I've been watching. I, I forgot. I didn't put this in the up, recent updates, but <clears throat> I did have a, a recent uh, eBay score. Oh really? And I, and I haven't had one of those in a while, and, and a tape update. Um. So I and this this could be an interesting movie for us to cover at some time, Steve. It's kind of hard to find, but it's called Cutthroats Nine. I have feel you, like you? I've heard of that. It's a it's a seventies Italian. I don't. Know, I'm sorry, not Italian. European Western. I think it might actually be Spanish. We're just so used to Italian. That's why. Yeah, but it's 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 infamous for being one of the like goriest westerns ever okay it, it kind of I, I haven't watched it yet i have only read about it and i found a tape copy of it and i believe it's kind of follows almost like a spaghetti western like donner pass kind of storyline where i think it has some like cannibalism and some like really crazy practical effects in it so i don't know i'm really curious to check it out um and i'll let you know when i when i do watch it but please report back um yeah, and I know, like, it's up there with, like, there's another really famous, actually, I think it is an Italian western. Well, it is. It's a, uh, Fulci, who did, like, uh, Zombie, and, you know, I think we, we've covered Fulci, I think. Have we covered a Fulci movie yet? I don't think we've covered a Fulci movie, but I know you've talked about, we've talked about Fulci many but times. He, he he took a stab at, a, at some spaghetti westerns, too, and he has one called Four of the Apocalypse that is, that is also very... Uh, like just like splatter gore with a western. So I don't know. I don't know if either of those would be worth a worth a uh, a whole episode. But I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll we can toy around with something later about maybe doing part like a episode where we cover like a weird subgenre of like gory westerns <laughs> or something. But I'll tell you, I do like the blending of genres like this, especially with horror. Like you yeah. know, I mean, I know you, you, you of course, you and I love Bone Tomahawk. I mean, that's a great yes. example of horror and western. I think I love. Yeah. That. Um, it just, and even I think you go back to like uh, like Clint Eastwood's like High Plains Drifter, mm-hmm. while while not like necessarily gory, but definitely has like that horror element to it, where it's like. You know, there's like a kind of like a supernatural feel to a Western. And that's from back in the day. So I don't know. Yeah, I would love to maybe do something like that. Um, but yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep an eye out and I'll, I'll definitely report back when I get through this Cutthroat 9 uh, tape. But looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch it. Look forward to that update. Um, anything else before we move on to some quick news that I can rush through? No, not really. Like it's it's I haven't been watching a lot either. Like it's been I've been so busy with work and it's you know, it's it has been nice out and I don't really have the best AC in my apartment, so I've been trying to get outside and Yeah, it's nice, but it's know. hot though. It's like it it's killing me, man. We live in Michigan and this is like it's just sucks. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, you know, you know me. I'm not a fan, so. But you know, we're in Michigan, so we're in the what? Like the yellow zone of COVID, so Yeah, we uh we we, we were hitting up some patios of the breweries, so that was nice. I need but to do I don't know how long that'll last. Yeah. Well, 
I know our governor just shut down all the bars again. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, despite what you may think, you know, of the governor, I think he's doing a good job. So. I do too. I'm okay with it. I mean, did you hear about Texas? He's saying that he, the uh, Texas governor, he's uh, no longer caring about whatever Fauci says. So he says, I'm done. Oh. I don't care anymore. He's an idiot. He's a liar. So take that as you will. Good. Best of luck okay. to Texas. <laughs> So uh, don't yeah Texas <laughs> we're gonna be covering a great text in the day Terry Funk so Texas protect Terry Funk at all costs for the love of God that's please. that's that's all you have to do is protect Terry Funk yeah good, good don't let him get COVID best of luck to Texas um some news so Eric ever heard of Willie's Wonderland I have not Willie's Wonderland this is a movie that started um I I have not been following because I don't follow a lot of Nicolas Cage you know uh indie independent oh. crap that no one ever talks about but this movie has started uh ramping up its marketing trailer uh well not trailer yet but poster and that kind of thing and I'm going to read this plot synopsis on IMDb for you. A quiet drifter okay. is tricked into a janitorial job at the now-condemned Wally's Wonderland. The mundane tasks suddenly become an all-out fight for survival against wave after wave of demonic animatronics. Fists fly, kicks land, titans clash, and only one side will make it out alive. Is this a full moon movie, <laughs> by chance? If, if this were the, if I this feel like they've done this before. Yeah, if this were 1993, it would absolutely be a full moon production. Uh, <laughs> so that's, I mean, you know, the, the poster's out there. There's the synopsis, and I think we're going to see a trailer within the next couple of days, probably by Friday. I just, I just looked up the poster. I did see, I have seen this, and honestly, when I first saw this, I thought it was like a weird fan-made thing, because almost, he almost looks like the same character as Mandy. At least in the poster. Yeah. I mean, and I thought it was like a fan-made, like, I, I don't know. But I, that's cool that it's that's an interesting premise. Yeah. Nicolas Cage, I, I, it's nice. I mean, I'm not, like, over the moon with this guy like everybody else seems to be. But I do respect that he seems to be uh, embracing his meme status, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. I feel like he's just kind of going for it. So, I, I uh, you know, I'm going to keep an eye on that. And I'll send you the trailer when it drops because, you know, I'm kind of you know, in on that kind of stuff. So that's interesting. I, you know, that's a new kind of horror, probably somewhat comedic mm -hmm. thing to keep an eye out for. And I included a link to this next one, a possible new monster vision reboot. I know I saw that. I know, you know what monster vision is. Joe Bob. Correct. It's the Joe Bob Briggs show. Yeah, that's right. So he actually had a tweet and I'll, I'll read the tweet, uh, at hominin here. He says, just a heads up. Anyone offering Monster Vision box sets, DVDs, etc., is a bootlegger, and your fifty to eighty dollars is going to get you an incredibly crappy image, even worse than what you can already find on YouTube. Just wait a few months, and we'll have something official. A lot of people. I saw are, that exact tweet. Okay, a lot of people yeah. are speculating that we're going to get a uh, kind of a you know reboot of Monster Vision. Um, yeah, and, and I'm sure you know about this. And it's the same reason that I, they have some issues with with Joe Bob with the Last Drive-In show is that these kind of like movie presenter shows are just like uh, like a rights nightmare. Yeah, like getting the rights to this stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I'm one. I, I'm curious how they do it because you know obviously when he was doing Monster Vision, he had all the the. The Ted Turner CNN or uh, TNT money behind him, and so he they were getting some good movies, you know. But those were kind of like, I mean, I don't think they realized that this stuff would be sought after decades later. So they probably just forgot it, and you know, who knows if even like we've talked about this lost films. Nobody planned on this stuff even surviving or 
there being a market for some of this later. So hopefully they can throw some stuff together. And I've heard rumors of it. I mean, I don't want to completely like I don't know exactly what this entails, but I mean, I've heard that there's um they've they've been talking about actually Joe Bob getting the rights back to the interview segments that he did mm-hmm. and like the any pretty much everything but the movie. So. We'll see how that goes. <clears throat> I think that would be interesting in itself. Is just like a a catalog of of Joe Bob, um, essentially just movie reviews in like half hour chunks. Um, so it'll be interesting. I mean, it's, it's ambitious. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was like a long, long ass show every night of the or you know every week. So we'll of course. I mean, I'll keep an eye on that as it goes on. That's interesting. Um, Last thing, real quick, new Candyman teaser. I forgot, actually, when it was pushed. Because, obviously, you know, movies don't exist anymore. And if they do, they're not worth watching. So, everything's been shifted. Uh, September 25th is the new uh, release date for Naya DaCosta's Candyman. And from all the marketing that they're, uh, you know, throwing at this, even now, um, you know, that isn't always a sign of greatness, but... Sometimes it mm-hmm. is, so, you know, I mean, you know, I'm excited. Yeah. And I still need to watch the first one. I believe it's on Netflix, so I got to, you know, get yeah. my ass in the shape here. Maybe before next episode I'll have watched it, but, um, you know, I'm excited for that. Do I think it's still going to come out September 25th with Wave 2? Probably not, but... Do you think we'll get a VOD, though, or no? Are they going to hold this until a theater release, or will that just will it just get somehow, like... They have to release it somehow. Yeah. It's not going to... It's not going to sit... So we've already seen a couple of um, theatrical plans del- you know, turn into VOD releases, um, so it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility. I hope not. And I like to think that Jordan Peele and Nia DaCosta want that to be you know, uh, in the theater. Um, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I mean, obviously, we're, you know, the whole point about this whole pandemic is that no one knows what the hell's going to happen, um, although a lot of people are seemingly trying to make sure that it never leaves, so... Um, you know, <laughs> they're trying their hardest, trying their damnedest. Uh, so I, I think it'll be a theater release. I just don't think it's going to be in September. I don't know, man. It might be like a February 2021 yeah. push at some point. I hope not, but you know. Do you think they would do some kind of drive-in release, uh, or, do, or would they not can even consider that unless they get a full theater, like a VOD drive-in? So if you want to go see it, you could drive in, but you could also people who don't want to do that, you could still get it on demand it just seems like that's a great question that's actually i forgot about that 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 drive-in theaters are actually making some good money so yeah um i don't think so but i i would not be like hugely shocked if that was the case because that's like that's a really good point if there's any movie that's like tailor made for that yeah uh, it's candy man so that's that's halloween season two yeah if this is if this shit's still kicking our ass in october put it in a drive-in you know well, uh, I, th- I mean, that, that'd be awesome to go see something like that. Yeah, now I want that. I didn't think about that, but yeah. now that you mention it, that would be nice. So, anyway, uh, you know, there's a link. I mean, new Candyman teaser. Check it out. Nothing huge. It's just, I think it's just the studio saying, hey, don't forget about Candyman. <laughs> you know, it's still coming. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's happening. So, I'm excited for it. I know you're excited for it. I think it'll be a good movie. So, I'm, you know, we're ready to see that um other than that that's yeah it's been getting a lot of hype yeah it I seems mean, to kind of be like the movie of 2020 or the horror movie of 2020 that everybody's like waiting for and i mean everything else has been put on hold so it's like kind of like like a like a weird uh 
like symbol of hope now <laughs> is will we get Candyman? Yeah, I know that. Um, I think within the next couple of weeks we should be getting confirmation or not of Halloween Kills being delayed or not. That's supposed mm. to come out, I think, in October. And I know, I think it was David Gordon Green or somebody went to Twitter or something and mentioned like, "Hey, we're mm. still kind of you know putting the feelers out, and it's we you know, the movie's almost done, but we gotta." So, um, you know, give me a double feature. Yeah, that would be a great drive. I'd pay twenty. I'd pay twenty five bucks to double feature that. Yeah, right. In the comfort of your own car, I got AC in my car. It's a hybrid. I'm into that. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? That's a good idea, and I hope it happens. So we'll. I'll keep yeah. you posted on that one. Eric, Eric, we um we have an investigation. To oh talk yeah. About. We're we we haven't done one of these. I think we've only done have we only done like two of these or one of these ever. Yeah, but now we're gonna make we're it bringing, three or two. Yeah, we're bringing back the blade job investigation. Eric, um, Eric, talk to talk us through this investigation here because I've seen the clips and I yeah it, I think this investigation is necessary. Yeah, I, I do too because I mean I've been seeing a lot of misinformation. I've been seeing a lot of uh, people jump into conclusions, and you know, I've seen a lot of people begging the experts to weigh in, and you know, we uh, asking you shall receive. Um, we're talking about the Orange Cassidy Chris Jericho match, um, a kind of kind of feud that's been going on. It's actually, I believe, it's uh, as we're recording this, their match might be like their blow off match might be tonight, so there might be even more blood to come. Oh baby, but. Um, about three or four weeks ago, uh, Chris Jericho uh, attacked Orange Cassidy with a baseball bat. So this is the first kind of uh, 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 evidence that we're, we're presenting here. Because Chris Jericho... Oh, here we go. Steve's got it pulled up here. I do. Roll that clip, Steve. It's beautiful bean So footage. we see Chris Jericho coming... Hits him with the baseball bat. Now, notice where he hit him, Steve. I did, yeah, right in the right in the face. Right, let me go back. I mean, right, in, right in like the ear. Right okay. in the ear. Yeah. So he hits him right in like the the left, kind of the left side of his head, the left ear. Trash. Uh, he goes down. So right here, he gets hit. Okay, right in the Boom. ear. I see okay. that. Yeah, hit in the ear. So, okay. Problem number one: People saying, "Oh my God, he legit hit him hard. He legit killed him." Because if you fast forward a little, Steve, of course, he uh, he's all he's all bloody at some point. But uh, the blood, as we'll notice here, like right when he picks him up here, yeah, I see it. That's the ear that he hit, and where's the blood coming from? The left ear, His other ear. So yeah. okay, so we got. So what's going on here? Um. That this is this is the first of the of the evidence that I I don't think this is a blade job, I think that this is some kind of special effect blood tablet maybe or something. I mean, what what do you think, Steve? Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to break a tablet in the ear. I mean, that's what I was thinking. I, I I'm I'm inclined to say it's real only because I know it's not a blade job. Um, and yeah. I, I, he's not blading and I just don't think you can, I mean, you know, unless there's obviously some wizardry here that he's really good at popping up, you know, a, uh, I, I don't or know something, but I, I, to me, this is a, this is a good, good mystery. You know, I mean, it's obviously great for, you know, for the showmanship, right. For the, for the, yeah. um, I just, I don't know what the answer is, which I guess is why we're doing this no. investigation. That, that's yeah. So, I mean, I, I think for this first, this first clip, I'm saying, I, I'm saying it's not a blade job. I'm saying it's. I don't believe it's real because it would make no sense if it was real. Um, but because because as I said, we're look like right now we're looking at the clip and he, 
Orange Cassidy's on the ground. His bloody ear is to the ground. But the ear that he's getting yelled into right now is the ear, ear that was hit. So, yeah, I mean, it can't you know, it can't be real simply because I think it would just be a yeah. big deal, of course, if it was real. You know, it's like you think someone yeah. would be like, hey, wait a minute, because obviously ear bleeding out of the ears is not a good thing. It's not a good sign. No, not a good sign at all. And it's pretty it's bleeding pretty profusely. So I guess I guess I should retract my statement of it being real. But I just OK, so it's not real. OK, but like, so okay. how did it happen? I, I think so. Let's go to clip number two, Steve. Clip number two, so I, and we'll I put these for, in the show notes, of course. Yeah. So, and for this one, so this is a week. This is the next week. So this is this also makes me believe it's not not real because you know how off. I mean, now it's now it's just getting to the point where it's like every time these two are on camera, we got a bloody ear. Now, what are the chances of that? Yeah. Um. And so there we go, hitting the head with like a can, what do you call it's that? A, it's a camera crane. It's a, it's a jib. A jib. jib okay, so he hits. So Cherico hits him with the jib. He goes up. He's hold, Cassidy's holding the ear again, and is you can the see the blood ear? already on the ground. Is it the same? No, ear? and so that's that's what's funny too. Now it is the right ear, which is the, a different ear from last week. Good point. He's got okay. So, hmm. so now technically, so if we're if we're in wrestling world now, he has both ears have been gushing blood out of them in two different weeks. Um. This one though is a little interesting because you can see that it's it's almost looks more like a cut. Yeah, it's, it's it lo- running it looks, a little bit different. It, it doesn't uh, even look like it's coming out of his ear. It looks like it's just dripping from the ear lobe, you know, yeah. the ear itself. Interesting. So again, I I like I said, we've talked about this in the past where we've talked about blood capsules, and I don't really know how they work. I don't believe this is a blade job. I don't believe that it's, you know, I, I I believe that this is, it's definitely not on accident. It's definitely not real, but I don't know. I'm, I'm chalking this up to a, to some kind of special effect. Uh, Cause also it's just, it's, it is gushing. Yeah, but it looks like it's stopped now. Like if I, if, yeah. if this video clip, you know, we're watching it at 525, um, I, cap, capsules. I mean, if he has one like that, the the bleeding effect is pretty realistic. So, yeah, it, it is. It's good. But the thing too is, is it's not continuing to drip. Really, it's kind of it's bunching uh, up. Yeah, it almost looks like paint. So you know, it looks like we're watching a giallo. It looks like we're watching a you know an Italian horror movie with this like bright red blood. Um, but I I will present my my third. My third piece of evidence here, and and that is that, as we can see here, Orange Cassidy, he has this, like, white shirt with his face on it. He's he's trying to sell his merch. Um, when he turns around here, Steve, mm-hmm. he's got that, that blood splatter just, like, coming down his, like, on his, uh, on his shirt like that. Yeah, I see it. And within about five minutes of this episode going off the air, what ends up? On the AEW merch website. Oh, the bloody shirt. The oh, bloody shirt. Okay, I I saw so this. I'm thinking this is all like an advertising ploy. You know, this is uh, th- this is this is this is just great advertising. This was but I, I this was trending on Twitter a couple nights ago or whatever because I remember seeing that shirt and people that the blood yeah. on it, and I didn't put two and two together until right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that this is all. You know, it's, it's good marketing. Yeah, but like the but, question is, 
how? I mean, I, I'm going to say a capsule, a caplet, you know, whatever you want, a capsule, blood. I mean, I don't know how Cap, the yeah. hell he, I mean, I don't either. Know, the, uh, maybe blood capsule technology is way more advanced than we think it is because I, yeah, I just don't know what the hell else it could be. I mean, how do Japanese wrestlers spray the mist, Steve? We, these are things we just don't know in wrestling. <laughs> we don't know where Muda gets his mist from. The world's uh, uh, great mysteries, <laughs> I suppose. I mean, I, I hate to just walk away from this one as a mystery. I'm going I'm well, to settle on the fact that I think it's a blood capsule. I just don't know how yeah. the hell they were able to pull it off. I th- yeah, I think we can we can officially say, we, we can agree that it's not. it was not... He was not actually, you know, he did not have like a brain aneurysm. He did not actually burst his eardrum open. Right. Because it was two different ears, and if that happened, uh, boy, howdy. That's, yeah. that's, that's that's pretty messed up. And then I don't believe it was a blade job, because it was just, we've seen enough in our day, and for a for the first one to be coming out of the ear, uh, I don't know how you'd even do such a thing. And then for the second one, the second one looks potentially more like a blade job, but still, I'm going to say it's, it's uh you know, we've ruled out Blade Job. We've ruled out Hardway. It it falls into this this mysteries of wrestling other category. I think is that is that fair to say? I believe that is fair to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. So you know, and we're not experts on the mysteries of of wrestling fake blood. We're we're experts on Blade Jobs here. So yeah, we're you know we're, we'll, we're pretty we, good we need, at picking those out. You yeah. know. We need Tom Savini. We need we need to have a Tom Savini call in to get the actual blood special effects guys because. But, you know, you're hearing it here first. Maybe you're not hearing it here first, but you're hearing it officially here. Fake. Somehow faked. Somehow faked. It is, and so it is said. Mm-hmm. Let's talk Blade Jabber of the Week. We got two of them. Yeah. Speaking of guys who actually blade. That's right. <laughs> of actual wrestlers. Well, uh, very timely for this episode as well. Uh, first Blade Jabber of the Week we are going to be covering today, and that is the great Terry Funk. He turned 75 uh, on June 30th. Yesterday. Uh, as we're recording this, yeah, yesterday. And, uh, you know, we'll get into him a lot. But we're also going to, which I didn't realize this, but Cody Rhodes, who is kind of the president of AEW and son of Dustin Rhodes. Uh, I'm sorry, Dusty Rhodes. I was going to say, I know Dusty uh, Rhodes. Yeah. Uh, also loves to blade for in his younger years. He just turned 35. And I thought that was cool that him and... Terry Funk, who, you know, probably is like a like a distant uncle to him because he was so close with his father, uh, share the same birthday. So, uh, yeah, he turned 35 yesterday, and so 40 years apart between Terry Funk and Cody Rhodes. But yeah, so we're happy birthday to both of them, and uh, we'll see some more we'll Terry pretty into, soon. Yeah, we'll get into more Terry. And like I said, Cody Rhodes is one of the few guys out there still giving himself zippers. Every once in a while, so what we might have we might have an investigation with him at some point because, but it's usually pretty blatant with him. Actually, you know, I think we did cover. Remember the one where he, uh, we I think we covered an episode where he kicked somebody with his sock. Yeah, that's the one. If that you remember, I remember that? Yeah, when he gets yeah, it's like how did he blade? How did he get that? Yeah, there was cut like a from yeah, the, yeah from a the blade sock. job from the sock, and I think we did an investigation on was it a hangnail, a long toenail. Was it a loaded sock? You know, I think we had all these kind of questions, and I don't remember what our verdict was. Through the but, looms, you know, who knows? You, yeah, you know, just go back and listen to every episode in the archive and try and find what we're talking about. Just work your way back. Yeah, it's, it's back. It's back in there. Seems seems fair to me. So, all right. So, speaking of Terry, shall Funk, we get on to the main main event here? Let's do it, pal. 
All right, let's let's get into a little background about Terry though before we before we just dive right in. Um, Terry Funk, like we said, born in 1944 or something. 44, uh, yep. Made his wrestling debut, uh, I think, in the 60, like late 60s, early 70s. So he's he's a he's one of those like lifers. Um, pr- kind of was uh, known for being he had like kind of a cowboy gimmick. You know, always was one to to be super legit in the ring, hitting people hard. Um, you know, Texas death matches, uh, bull rope matches, hitting people with stuff. So funk was always kind of hardcore before hardcore was a thing. If that makes sense. Oh, gee. Yeah. So like I said, he won his first NWA title back in 1975. That's the only NWA title he won. I think he, I mean, he would definitely go on to win some ECW titles, uh, I'm sure he won some stuff in Japan. Uh, he was big, very big in Japan. Um, but at this point, he is returning to NWA, WCW, uh, and he goes after Ric Flair. So kind of why why are we having this match today? Um, we actually have a babyface Ric Flair uh, at, at the, in the late 80s here. Where Ric Flair is actually the good guy. Um and he's coming off kind of a, a match with Ricky Steamboat at Russell War '89, and Rick and uh, Terry Funk's actually like retired, kind of retired at this time. So the end of Russell War, Terry Funk gets up, challenges Ric Flair to a match, and this is what I was saying, Steve. Flair accuses Funk of spending too much time in Hollywood instead of wrestling. Interesting. So what he's talking about is like around this time. Uh, Terry Funk was well. So let, let's get into like Terry Funk's brief stints in Hollywood, real quick. He he had a few, um, most notably maybe, and it's not the most well known movie, but uh, he he premiered. He uh, was in this movie called Paradise Alley. I don't know if you are familiar with it, Steve. I am not. It's a old Sylvester Stallone movie. Um, I don't know if it's before or after Rocky. Oh, well, it's 78. So do you know when Rocky came out? 76. Okay, so it's after Rocky. Um, and I think it was it didn't live up to the hype of Rocky, obviously. I mean, but... even Rocky, I mean, Rocky alone was surprised. That one best picture, people forget about that, you know. And that was 1970. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, it's, you know, it was up against like network and shit. And it's still one out of all that. So um Whoa. even rocky even pe- people the rocky creators were surprised by how big rocky was but, but hey you know we love to talk about auteurs you gotta give it to sly stone there darn he, right he did it all yeah, yeah <laughs> but I um mean, yeah literally but yeah he so around this time i think he was uh he was also he played a part in roadhouse around this time um i think i don't think he had a huge role i think he just he was kind of playing like some uh you know, kind of like a tough guys, henchman type characters in these movies. Um, and as well as the, another Sylvester Stallone movie, Over the Top, which was that arm, arm wrestling movie uh, yes. <laughs> from the, <laughs> from the mid-80s. So Terry Funk had a brief career there. But um, but like I said, too, another – I think what, what um, uh, Flair was referring to was the uh, – Funk spending time in Hollywood. He had done all these movies, but at the time of this um, this match, Funk had been uh, kind of working really closely with Sylvester Stallone on the uh, Rock, Rocky Five movie. 
How, so how many Rocky movies though, have there been? To inter- 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 interrupt you. I, got, I think I think there was there were like five of the eighties, and then I think there was like what three like kind of reboots yeah, recently. Rocky Balboa, that sound right? and then yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, you got Creed. I mean, those are they're, those are called yeah. legacy sequels. When you okay. pass and the old guard passes yeah. down to the new guard, you know? So. And then we get a whole new bunch of, uh, of, of spinoffs and sequels. Yeah, it's never-ending. The Rocky Cinematic Universe. Nobody talks about that ever. <laughs> you go where the money goes, you know? Money talks. But Funk was kind of a, uh, like, fight consultant for these movies. Um, he's actually credited, I believe, as, like, a stunt coordinator. Um, doing a lot of uh, kind of like the fight training and stuff for Rocky Five. So, um, anyways, that is why Flair accused him of spending too much time in Hollywood, which is you know th- I don't think that sounds like such a bad insult, but <laughs> yeah, Funk really. took it the wrong way. It's like <laughs> damn you and your successful up, acting career. He ended up pile driving Flair through a ringside table uh, for accusing him of such a heinous act. Which uh, put the put Flair out of action with a broken neck until the match we're about to see today. So, like I said, Flair was kind of coming off this like babyface run where he was actually the good guy. You know, I think you kind of are the bad guy for so long, people end up kind of loving you. Um, at least Stockholm in wrestling, I once, yeah. yeah. So you know, and and Flair was such a charisma- charismatic guy. You know, it was hard not he's hard not to love sometimes, especially the character. So, at this point, he's pretty big baby face. Funk is kind of this literal crazy, um, like, returning hardcore veteran who's, like, you know, smashing the beloved uh, face of Southern Wrestling, Ric Flair. So, that's pretty much where we're at today. Um, This is Ric Flair's, like, first match back since that Wrestle War match. So, he hasn't had any preparation. He hasn't had anything... um, to get ready for like he's just kind of been uh training but he has not got back in the ring and the and some of the stuff that like is leading up to this is you know is is uh is flair ready you know is he gonna get his ass kicked by terry funk who's literally crazy so that's pretty much where we're at this is uh this is july um 23rd 89 july 23rd, july 23rd 1989 yep. A, go, a great yeah. summer for Do the Right Thing, one of my all-time favorite movies that I mention almost every episode of this show. Did it come out in 89? 1889, yeah. Woo, okay. Ugh, I watched that. I, I talked about that last episode. I don't need to get back into it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Are you re- yeah, we did. Ready for me to hit play on this sucker? Yeah, let's get let's get into it. Let's do it. So we're starting it off here. We got, we're starting off with Bob Cottle and Jim Ross here. Um, you know, I'm, I, we can't. We don't have the sound now, but I'm guarantee what they're talking about is is Ric Flair ready for this match? He's been hurt for, you know, probably at this point it's going on like four or five months. He hasn't been in a wrestling ring, so they're you know they're saying you know who's gonna who's gonna win this? We have Terry Funk's pile driver, which broke Flair's neck, and we have uh, you know Flair with the uh, the figure four that's he's gonna try and lock on Funk so. Are both um, of these guys still alive, these announcers here? Um, Bob Cottle on the right there with the big glasses, he unfortunately is not. Okay. Um, Jim Ross is still alive. Uh, Jim Ross was actually calling that Orange Cassidy match that we just covered in the investigation. Oh, he's still in the so game. He's, he's al- yeah, he's still alive, still calling stuff. Good for him. Uh, working for AEW. So this is, a, like I said, a Great American Bash 89. So here comes Terry Funk. 
um, with a, just a squadron of police with him. Uh, he's got a branding iron. Uh, he's got what would you call this, Steve? I was going to ask you. I mean, it, it's like <laughs> some sort of like 4-H fair, like in like a gay club chic. Kind of. Yeah, it's like a poncho with like some tassels. I don't even know what the hell. Is, is he wearing a poncho? He is wearing like a rain poncho slash yeah. like blue trash bag with bell bottoms. And yeah, boy, it literally looks like it's made out of like hide, though. It does. Like, it's just it's like roughly cut up and it's. I mean, um, make no mistake. I want one for myself like, right right now. Yeah, yeah. People are getting at him. People are getting at him, yelling at him and stuff. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, you know what? You know what's kind of a fun tidbit too, Steve, is uh, during this era, and I was surprised they even played it on the WWE Network. Was Terry Funk's entrance music here? Was um, I believe the actual song is it's called "Man with Harmonica" mm-hmm. by Encio uh, Marcone. Oh. Morricone. So he's keep, Marcone, yeah. So he comes out to this uh, spaghetti western, you know, like the steel guitar and the harmonica um, from Once Upon a Time in the West. So it's a really cool entrance. I think it's that it's kind of like Henry Fonda's theme sure. in that movie. Yeah. Um, so Ennio it's, Morricone. It's cool. Yeah, he's um, yeah. he's up there in age. That's, that's how you say his name. Yes, <laughs> he's up there in age. Here's the man of the but, hour right here. The, the man of the two hours and forty four minutes that this whole show is. <laughs> here he is he's got four women in like uh extreme 80s like, attire and extreme, hair Good extreme man. 80s sequins i mean we're almost in the 90s here and these girls look super 80s he, yeah well i think like I, I think we've we've like covered this before in like movies and wrestling like there's definitely like a carryover period like where there's like where 82 still kind of looks like 78 at times some, and I yeah. feel like 92 still looks like 86 at times. Some people have it's a like, harder time transitioning than others. Yeah. Um, so, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, you got that nice bloom on the lights. It's very much like, you know, the camera mm-hmm. technology at the time, that crazy looking bloom. Oh, yeah. So, you're probably you're probably thinking, Steve, why is there two wrestling rings here? I, I was focusing on the oh. fireworks. I didn't even notice the two <laughs> rings. Yeah, okay. So, I thought about covering this, what, ha- what happened before this match, and... Uh, Really, what happened before this was uh, actually a War Games match. Okay. Um, and it's a fun War Games. It's it's silly, but you know what? It's it's kind of infamously not bloody at all, which is... Oh, and we're getting started with the match here, but the the War Games match, which we've covered some War Games here, it should be a pretty bloody affair, right? Yeah. I, it's it's funny that a, a, a match can be infamous for not being bloody enough, right? You're right. You know, i got to respect that. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I, I thought about even covering that match on this show, but doesn't fit. Um, yeah, not but here we go. We got, we got Funk outside the ring. He's like in the guardrail, and he's like in the crowd, kind of just like shaking it. The refs trying to get him back in the ring. Um, people are yelling at Terry. He's he is he does play the crazy guy very well. So he's a natural heel, is that right? Um. He's it's complicated. Yeah, he's definitely a heel here. Okay. Yes, that's what matters. The but most. you but but you put him in ECW and he's the biggest baby face ever because they love because crazy is the good guys there. Okay, good to know. Yeah, I'm loving the color clash with Flair's you know luscious golden locks with his purple mm. uh, spandex. You know, whatever you want to call it. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yes. Flair's actually looking really good here. 
and and Funk's looking really good. He's he's about five years older than Flair, and they're both actually in pretty good shape here, considering that they're both in their. Uh, they're both in their forties. I mean, I, I, I would here. argue that 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 uh, Funk looks better health wise than Flair. Oh yeah, it's nice. Good for him. I mean, Funk almost has a six pack here. Yeah, I do not have. So, I don't have the, even remotely close to no. that. So. And Flair and Flair's never really been like a body guy. He's always been a little flabby, but he has that big ass like shoulders and uh, upper body. Yeah, it's got that hourglass. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, for sure. So the match is obviously well along, but they're now in the ring now. They're, not, yeah. they're in one of the rings. Yeah, they're and they're, it'll all pretty much take place in this ring. Okay. Um, and and Funk is slapping the shit out of uh Flair. I, I'm gonna get Flair and Funk mixed up at some point because they're just too close with f words. Yeah, but. But this is a match, Steve. That you know, I know that you, you're, you're sometimes critical of because there's not enough uh, flying. But like what we just saw there with, with uh, Funk getting hit in the face and then flipping out like that. Um, yeah, I appreciate. I, think that, I mean, like for me, you know, yeah, obviously the high flying, you know, acrobatics or clutch, and that's what I like. But I mean, you know, if if there's a slap that causes external damage, I'm into that. As yeah. long as it's not just, you know, two dudes in a corner smacking each other. I think that's boring as hell. Right, yeah. right. And and I think and Funk has such a personality, even in the ring, you know? Like, he's he's so crazy. Like, you just can't really take your eyes off what he's doing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm assuming that's kind of a long-standing, you know, trait yeah. in his, you know, his, uh, his uh, image. That's why he's one of the best, you know? That's true. Because, you know, he makes he's making it look real. And he's, uh, you know, he's just kind of erratic in everything he does. Isn't that really what wrestling's um, all about? Yeah, and I believe, I believe Flair might be bleeding here. I'm not 100 percent sure. We haven't got a good look at it, but he did get thrown into that ring post, and I thought I saw him bring his, uh, bring his hand up to his head, you know, which could have been a, a little, z- but a little bit of a zipper. I do like the camera yeah. guy just chilling right in the corner of the ring. <laughs> Perfect angle for yeah. him. He's loving it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, you know, I don't think Flair is busted open yet, no, but he looks clean. We will see that, and this is kind of uh, an infamous thing that Terry Funk would do: is that even if people would blade, Terry Funk knew how to just just hit you ever so slightly right on that wound to just make it a little more bloody. <laughs> I mean, that's just being you know being nice. Oh, there we go. He's pulling up his drawers there. Look at that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you can see, you know, Funk here is really working on uh, Ric Flair's neck. That's the neck that he he injured uh, a couple months ago. Um, yeah, and you point. can see the ref kind of try and take control over it, but can you can you take control over a fight with you know Ric Flair and you know what I'm saying no. like you can you control no. that? I don't think so. Any no, Terry Funkizzle? They can't do it. I didn't think so. The camera guy. I mean, yeah, he's, 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 look at that. He's, he, oh, he's on the other ring. I see. He's on the other ring. He's just chilling there. I like that. A lot of headbutts right here. You know, nothing to really shake a stick at. Here's a, here's a flip right here. Right. Kind of a, that, I mean, he botched. almost, he almost suplexed him all the way out of the ring. That would have been crazy. Yeah. I feel like he would have nailed that bar, which again, great, but yeah, you know, that's dangerous. But I, I do like, Terry Funk probably would have done it, but that's true. It's yeah. all about giving yourself to the, you know, to the charade. I mean, I can only hope to be in this good of shape when I'm 40. I hope to be in that good Mid of shape 40s. ever. I mean, good God. Yeah. I mean, these, these guys look like um, hot dogs. So here we go. They're kind of chopping each other. They're punching each other. Um, like I said, Terry Funk, known crazy man in wrestling. Um, but 
kind of, I think, one of the reasons why I said my girlfriend Cassie loves him so much is because one of the biggest sweethearts... Oh, see that real quick there where Funk raked Flair or Flair raked Funk's face and then Funk went right back and poked Flair in the eye. Like there's just like there's like little things between the two of them that's just like it's unscripted and just beautiful, (laughs) I think. You know, I I gotta mention, man, if I was wearing spandex like that wrestling, it would I would have swamp ass like you couldn't believe. Like how do these guys stay dry down there? I'll never know. Maybe because they're in shape. They probably powder up. You know? I would have to get a, empty a There's whole some... bottle of, of you know Johnson and Johnson on that just to <laughs> keep dry. I don't know, man. But like I was saying, Funk, uh, he's he's one of the nicest guys in wrestling. That is um, kind of a surprise to hear. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, one of the nicest guys. One of the uh, one of the best kind of opposite of Flair. One of the best family men in wrestling. Uh, faithful to his wife, two daughters. Um, if you want a really good look at Terry Funk's outside the ring, check out Beyond the Mat. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's actually on Netflix right now too, streaming. And it's a uh, it's a behind the scenes documentary of wrestling in the mid '90s, and you see an older Terry Funk, um, kind of struggling with the idea of retiring and it's a it it, it 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 paints him in just a very like sweet old like great uncle kind of light <laughs> and it's hard not to fall in love with the guy beyond the mat is streaming mm-hmm. on netflix correct yeah so it's a great look at a lot of stuff actually uh mick foley is a big part of that um as well as uh, ecw so i should watch that myself and that's from 1999 so that's kind of yeah 20 yeah. years old here and i think it was filmed over a couple years but yeah it's, it's it came out in that so here goes uh rick flair for the pile driver here and i think personally steve mm-hmm. what do you think of rick flair's pile driver i mean i you know me with pile drivers i feel like it's i i, I wince it feels like it's so dangerous that one was a little weaker than i was expecting though yeah i i feel like flair's pile drivers are not that good but i do like flunk funk selling it over there with like literally like he's lost his damn mind oh i've I've been seeing funk just he's been selling everything this whole time yeah mad respect for that yeah but yeah i don't think uh, pile driver round two but yeah Yeah. i think flair's pile drivers just look so bad Well, because he like falls backwards and like the pile driver just kind of like a side effect of him falling backwards terry funk just stumbles out of the ring on accident he just like is like a limp like towel falling out of the ring sometimes (laughs) a limp towel i like that Uh, and uh and yeah, like I mean, coming from like you know last week and and even other episodes where we've covered pr- probably the best pile driver, which would be Undertaker's Tombstone pile driver. That's a classic. Um, you know, I think Funk does the pile driver a little better than Flair, but yeah, I I, I don't know if the last time I, I couldn't recall a time I saw Flair do a pile driver before this match, but yeah, it's not his strong suit. Maybe stick with <laughs> that's for yeah, sure. Stick with your day job, you know. Yeah, stick with the figure four. Stick with the chops. Um. His hair, his hair is—I've never seen it so poofy in my entire life. Yeah, yeah. This kind of looks like classic flair. I mean, it's—it's it's weird to think that in just a couple of years we'll have like the more short hair flair, where he's got like the kind of the dad cut. Um, where this, you know, this looks like retro flair, and I think that he, you know, I think both these guys really wanted to prove themselves in this match. 
Um, well, I know uh, Flair has to, of course, because of you know yeah. the past month or whatever, however long it was. I mean, a couple of weeks. I mean, mm-hmm. gotta, you know, he has to come in here strong. Yeah. So here's here's Flair. He looks like he's going for the figure four, and he, he's getting it in. Good luck. Yeah, it's good. Funk is uh, he's, he's sell- struggling. He's selling it, man. Oh, but you see what came in the ring there over by Funk? Oh, I see. The it. branding iron is in the ring. That makes and sense. And he hits Flair Funk. right in the head with it. Conked him right in the forehead. Whoa, wait a minute. And, wait a minute. Yeah, and Flair is over, and he's really holding his face a little bit. Oh. <laughs> can it be? Um, Camera guy, can, can we get a close-up on that forehead, please? And Funk's trying to grab the hair here to give us a good a good peek ski at what he did. You, you, and you just punk punch in. There we go. Is. This is what I was talking about, where, where, where Funk will hit you yeah. right in the blade job to make sure the job is done. No, it's good, man. Um, this is little insurance policy from Funk that I, I don't know. And he's pushing the ref away, and this is the flair we know and love. <laughs> We're no longer blonde now. It's the red hair. That, that is a beautiful. <laughs> I mean, for all we know, that's why he has that blonde hair. Same with Hogan. I mean, maybe they do that yeah. because you can see the blood easier. That crimson mask yeah, is really luscious. It, and here's Funk's pile driver, which I think is a little better than Flair's. He kind of falls back on his ass too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But Undertaker's just the best. You're right. I've seen that. I always call yeah. him Gravedigger. I always sometimes I get him. And, yeah, Gravedigger. <laughs> wrong sport. Wrong. Wrong. Gravedigger's a truck, Steve. Correct. Which I, well, funny enough, I've seen live. I don't know how or why, but I did. <laughs> Speaking of mon- speaking of wrestling monster trucks, go back in the archives and watch Hulk Hogan and the Giant That's right. do a monster truck battle on on Kobo Hall from last last year's Halloween episode. Oh, that's a classic, man. <laughs> so, like I said, uh, Funk is is going crazy now. He hit him with the with the branding iron. He's pulling up the 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 padding on the side of the ring here. Exposing the cement. <laughs> Always you know, a good sign o- for me. We can only assume he's going to try and pile drive Flair on the cement, which would probably kill him. Yeah. Again. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, what is he wrapping around? Is that like a shoelace? It looks like he's got some tape, something. maybe. Some arm tape, and he's choking choking uh, Flair out. And I'm surprised the ref is letting Oh, he's grabbing Funk's hair. That seems like a low blow and, for the ref. That seems like a, why would you do that? But hey, I like it. Well, I see. I, I don't. I think you kind of got like you know. Funk's like a, he's like a pit bull. You know, you you can you can put like the choke collar on him. It doesn't really hurt him. You know, you, you got you got to do whatever it takes to pull him off. Whatever he's fighting for sure. But did you see the the ref just roll onto the mat onto the ring earlier? That was a pretty good yeah. move. I watched that from that was, the yeah. background. Yeah, that was nice. Refs are low key. Uh, you know, they're more important than we than we give them credit for sometimes. I wonder who's who's been like a ref for the longest time. Uh, possibly like Earl Hebner. He's, uh, he's refing for AEW still. Okay. Uh, he was around in this era and, uh, and Funk just kind of tumbling. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Funk's even know what that attack kinda, was. I feel like he's had a little too many whiskey and sours or something. You know, he's kind of, <laughs> he's, you know, he's like, he's like a rag doll. Some of this stuff here, but Hey, so Flair is, uh, he's crying. He's whining. Yeah. So, so like I said, Flair is the baby face here. And Funk is, Funk is, has been, uh, doing some evil shit lately and 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 people are really looking for flair to you know they want him to have a comeback for sure and uh, that's another neck breaker there from funk is which, that what it's called you know, neck breaker i've always wondered what yeah that's a that's like a like a spinning neck breaker okay. kind of thing it's and, like a classic for wrestling i wasn't sure yeah and uh and that's obviously not good on rick flair's neck and here we got another one from funk <laughs> uh, <laughs> i do like on when top they of do that pile something. driver yeah i like when they do something and then they do it again 
That's nice. Now, because it like, yeah, Flair's hair is uh, it's it's getting there. It's half. It's half and half. I think half red, half uh, beautiful sandy blonde. And I'm assuming that the the boos are raining down on Funk right now in the in the audience. Um, he go, he's going for one more neckbreaker and he gets it on Flair and. Third time's a charm, you know, man. I guess this is a good point to mention too. The bald guy in the in in Funk's corner, that man's name is uh, Gary Hart. Uh, not not in any relation to uh, Jimmy Hart of uh, of like Hulk Hogan and, and that fame. But what about Gary Hart, Gary, the senator? Isn't he the Gary Hart? Isn't yeah. he the the disgrace? Senator? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's Gary Pete. No, no, who? I don't no, know, dude. I think it is Gary Hart. You're right. But this Gary Hart is a uh, like managerial legend going back to the 60s, uh, really old school manager, um, even has a, had a big stint in the, uh, in the Detroit wrestling scene in the 60s, 70s, so um, living legend. But Funk now has the, the branding iron, and he conks, did I say Funk? Flair had the branding iron, hit Funk right in the head, Funk's out of the ring presumably doing the you know what oh actually we can see it right on camera <laughs> thank you cameraman he knows what's happening <laughs> just showed a close-up of terry funk taking a razor blade to his forehead <laughs> that's um, what i'm thankful for that's that you know that, that's patriotism <laughs> in my eyes yeah i mean is this this is the if you're if your fourth of july party doesn't end like this if this isn't your dad and your uncle at the end of the fourth of july uh don't don't call me to come to your party right don't invite me to that one. No, thank you. And Funk, you know, you know, Funk knows how to work a blade. He's he's gushing. Yeah, I mean, he's been doing it for years. You know, decades. Yeah. You can I mean, assume now. Yeah, honestly, yes, decades by this point. And uh, he's he's wearing the he's wearing it pretty proud, as one should. And now Flair's giving him a little taste of the old punch in the head wound little, in the corner there. A little bit of role reversal. Yeah, and just in Funk, just again a selling machine. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen somebody have this, such such theatrics, uh, you know, in response to yeah. being hit, and I like it. I mean, I think this is like I think this is like a match where it's like like I would say, Steve, like you know, I, I the high flying stuff is like what I think it gets like people in the door for wrestling if they're not wrestling fans. But I think people who you know are starting to get more into wrestling and have watched more, I think they appreciate more of these like nuanced selling. For a match that's really not that high flying, not at all. I mean, it's a lot of more stumbling, if anything. Yeah, but the selling and the and the believability, I think, just adds a level that you don't really see today. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's really the reason why I like the high flying theatrics is because it's mm-hmm. harder to fake. I mean, you can obviously like, you know, shift yourself to make it not as you know, to make it less impactful. Exactly, uh, but it's not hard to fake it, you know. Okay, so here we go. We got Funk just tied up Flair, and now Flair reversed that. And one, two, three, Flair just pinned Funk like in a really quick finish. There, that was it. Wow, that was, um, that's a blink and you miss yeah. it. Holy shit! Okay. Yeah, it's a blink and you miss it. And and he's hitting Gary Hart. Yeah, yeah not the um, disgrace senator from the movie the they, Front they, Runner with <laughs> Hugh Jackman. <laughs> But they, yeah. So is a they call that like a small package where they reverse that up. And who's in the ring here? I don't know. None other than Br- Blade Job, uh, alumni, the fucking fabulous Muda. Oh my god, is in the ring. Okay, Muda is you, in the ring. As soon as you mentioned that someone, I was like, "Wait, well, that's Muda." I, I know because of the face. Yeah, 
So Muda is in. The great Muda is in. He he missed. Speaking of the mist, he just misted Flair with some green mist. I saw that. Now he's got red, blonde, and green in his hair. Yeah, that's what like they show a close up of Flair at the end of this. He literally looks like a zombie because he's got the green mist, the red blood, and the like. He looks like a zombie out of like the. Uh, living dead at manchester morgue <laughs> like one of those just like just like weird like fetid green zombies but so we have uh wcw security running in muda is hitting him oh he's doing some spin kicks i call him the fabulous muda which for some reason my brain almost said fabulous moolah which is a kind of infamous women's wrestler but oh. nonetheless muda is in and here we go we got sting coming in wow he's kind of cleaning house I was going to say, He's, like, wh- where does Muda and Sting come from? Like, do they have any relation to these two, or they just happen so, to welcome to wrestling kind of thing? So Sting and – so this – okay, so this is where I'll kind of get into what's what's going on here. As this match – this match is going to continue for a little bit longer because it's honestly – I think this is the most fun part because it's just sheer chaos for the next, like, five minutes. It is. And they're just brawling. And the ref's knocked out. Security guard's knocked out. Um, but, but Flair and Funk – have kind of been going back and forth and they've kind of hit this point where they have like a mutual appreciation for each other. So this is pretty much uh, solidifying Flair and Sting's friendship sure. by the, this this act in the ring. Now Muda and Funk is a little bit more complicated where it's uh, Muda just I don't think likes Flair. <laughs> I think that's pretty much... How we can chalk it up? So they band together, you know, for a yeah. So, so it's kind of yeah. Hatred of him got it. Okay, that makes right. sense, I guess. So and F- Funk is in the crowd like an absolute madman right now. He looks dazed. Yeah, <laughs> he's, lo- he's looking really feral right now. Absolutely. Yeah, he looks he looks scary. <laughs> and that lady in the crowd is like, get this fucking guy away from Plus me. Plus, the idea that his face is covered in blood probably doesn't hurt his yeah. case, you know, help his case. I should say. So, so Mood is back in the ring. Uh, Flair and. Uh, and Stinger in the ring, they're kind of you know holding down the fort here. I mean, th- th- uh, those are two kind of. I'm not. I'm not going to say household names. Maybe maybe Flair more than Sting, but I mean, you know, he, he's. Oh, uh, I would say, yeah, definitely, definitely yeah. household. Definitely would. I mean, Sting is probably the one of the more famous wrestlers of the '90s. Um, and here we go. They're still brawling out out in the uh, entrance ramp here. Um, <laughs> like I said, this goes on for so long, and I wish like. The only thing that would make this better is if somehow Sting bladed and Muda bladed, and oh. everybody hit the Muda scale all at once. Oh my god! And then Muda announces it. He's like, "Wait a minute, guys! <laughs> We're at a three right that now." That would that would make this whole thing so beautiful. But that um, nice, like that, I said, that nice backlighting on on Flair right now. Looking yeah, that's what I said. Cinematic. Like he kind of he kind of has this like Incredible Hulk like green face with the blood. He looks like a weird like low budget zombie. Like, um, like the 70s Hulk, right? Like the one where yeah, it's like Yeah, like Lou Ferrigno. Exactly. You nailed it. It's so funny you mentioned yeah. that because it looks just like he's got the body type for it. So these guys are kind of standing off here. There's a big standoff. Um, Muda just didn't even grab a folding chair. He just grabbed like a chair. <laughs> While Funk, Flair has the, has the belt, of course. He, yeah, Flair has the belt. I think Sting might. No, Sting doesn't have anything. Sting's unarmed. He's got Funk himself. has the branding iron. Sting doesn't need any, any object. Sting is the most in shape, so he's, say, he's got that. His ass looks... Uh, <laughs> that, that thing is taut, for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, and here we go. We're back to JR and Bob Cottle, and actually this, the match is going to continue, like, on by. Oh, yeah, right behind <laughs> it, like, it, like, never stops. Like, it's it's just kind of, I, I believe they're, like, technically off the air here. Oh, and Sting hitting Muda with a another one of those non-folding chairs that there's no good way to be hit with. Oh, that's dangerous, man. Those things are, you know, that's, that's a good weapon. Yeah. But anyways, oh look at Funk's about to like hit audience members yeah. with his branding. I iron. feel like Funk has just gone off the rails. You know, you can't tame yeah. him anymore. <laughs> so they're oh, Sting and Muda just fighting on cement, drop like doing suplexes on cement. These guys are on hands. There's no saving. I don't this. know if that branding iron's like actually heavy, but Flair is legit hitting them with it. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, you can easily fake that, but that doesn't seem like it. And announcers are yeah. trying to kind of save face here. Like, oh wow, are you good to go or what? Bob Cottle's Bob Cottle might might be a couple gins in here, oh. and he's also probably in his late sixties at this, so he he doesn't have time for this. Another another chair hit <laughs> right before they cut back to these guys. And honestly, go listen to this match because Jim Ross on the left there is his voice is he's like lost his voice. He's been screaming this whole time. Sting has like the red velvet rope that's like been roping off areas, and he's choking Muda with it. It's comfortable. I can't believe this chick who's I mean literally this chick who's uh who's on the jib arm and he's just kind of floating above. <laughs> I can't. What a great you know front row seat. I mean yeah, right above him. I mean yeah. So this this match was crazy. This uh like I said, this leads up to kind of Sting and Flair teaming together. Um, through the rest of 1989, um, and Muda and Funk teaming together um, for the next next couple matches. And like, yeah, we're seeing it now. It's they're, they're watching some replays mm-hmm. of. Uh, they pretty much end this match by replaying how uh, how it ended. But like I said, everybody kind of teams up, and they mess with each other kind of through the summer, leading up to the next major WCW pay per view, which. I think we got to keep with the tradition, Steve, with uh, with covering a Halloween havoc every Halloween. Oh, for sure. Like we did last year, and I I think that this year, I have a I have a strong contender in Halloween Havoc '89 because we will see the culmination of this feud, which is Sting and Ric Flair versus Muda and Funk inside what they call a Thunderdome electrocution cage. Okay. All right. And um, if you remember a couple of years, like I think, well, honestly, yeah, probably a couple of years back now when we did Halloween Havoc for the first time with with Ryan, we covered that uh, Chamber of Horrors. Right. Um, So this is kind of an early uh, clusterfuck of a steel cage match that is quote unquote electrocuted, Um, and it's it definitely falls into the so bad it's good category of what we love about Halloween Havoc. So, I think that we got to we got to eventually cover this. So tune back in in a couple months when we uh, when we cover this Halloween Havoc '89 because Funk Muda Sting Flare, there's it's not really bloody. It's more goofy, but it's it's well worth it. And there's a lot of other good stuff on that card too. So goofy's I, fine. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm saying it now. We're we're that's I think I'm thinking we're going to cover that, um, and it'll be timely or it'll be we'll we'll have the the pre the pre show already in the in the can. With uh, with this one, so good point. Um, breaking news, not really breaking news, but Whoa. do the right thing came out two days before this event. There you go. Wow. That's information that okay. only I care about, but that's pretty. Cool, there we baby. go. 
That's well, yeah, because it probably came out on a Friday. This was obviously on a Sunday, so it all makes sense. No wonder everyone's so riled up. <laughs> so, like I said, Halloween Havoc '89, the follow-up, the part two of this feud, to come. But uh, yeah, this is a fun match. I mean, what, what's your take on it, Steve? Well, you know me, I like the high flying stuff, but I, I also like you got we got two blade jobs, we got. A surprise Muda, which is always good for me to see. I'm always happy about <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, surprise Sting, but mostly Muda. So, um, yeah. And Two, it, actually, both are Blade Job alumni. Uh, that Vader match with Sting that's right. a couple episodes back with a rare Sting Blade Job. Um, uh, yeah. Again, these are all that's patriotism right there. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're for the July party, doesn't end up with folding chairs being thrown and velvet ropes being thrown around people's necks don't listen and to branding us, you know? irons yeah Unsubscribe. I mean, that, yeah i mean fireworks are nice but you know four blade jobs is, is much nicer <laughs> that's what i'm thankful <laughs> for buddy so that's it though so yeah it was it's a fun match you know i think this is definitely a match that you know i hadn't i'm sh- you can go back and look i'm sure there's some other matches of funk and flair maybe even back in the 70s you know, but, you know, all those 70s matches, video quality is so bad. Um, I wouldn't mind checking some you know, of those out, though, so that, just to see kind of like what the, you know, what it looks like, you know, the wrestling game during that time. Yeah. You're not going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but there is some blood usually. So that's good. That's what matters the most. But, yeah, I mean, I think this is probably the best flair funk match in terms of video quality, in terms of intensity uh you know in in terms of availability you know go seek out this match um it's probably you know you're watching two of the best to ever do it go at it and uh you know it's fun it's a lot of fun we'll have the links you know in the show now i mean obviously if you have wwe you can can watch it um but the investigation links we'll put in the show notes i we can this there might be a clip of this there we might be able to watch most of this on like some uh you know, like Daily Motion or something. I, I sometimes I can find those. Yeah, and I would be interested in hearing other people's uh, investigation results. You know, I want to see some kind of conclusions yeah. about that because that's an interesting one. By far the most interesting one we've done. Um, not we haven't yeah. done many of them, but hey, you know. No, I think the only counts. other one we did was with that with was in Japan with Naito where he got Sock. hit in the head, and we were like, "What is that?" And yeah, the so we've world, only done a few. The world's sharpest sock, apparently. Yeah. So. Fair enough. Um, All right. I think, I think that's, that's it. a wrap. It's, a, it's, a wrap. Uh, it's, you know, have a nice 4th of July. Wear a mask. Yeah, come on, man. Um, I mean, I, so many of the movies I've been trying to see keep getting pushed back. Wear a goddamn mask. Come on, man. You're killing me here. Yeah. You're killing me. Yeah, come on. You know, if, if, if luchadors can walk around the streets of Mexico City in a mask, you know. And it covers way their more entire their lives. Face. Yeah. Yes, you can put on a mask when you go into into a you know a gas station. I mean, so do it for me, man. Come on. Yeah, do it so we can do it. You know, we can go see. We, so we can get Steve back in the movie theaters. It's all I want. I mean, well, that in the PS Five, but other than that, that's really all I want. So just do me a damn favor, please. Do me a solid. Wear your goddamn mask, please. So that's it for us. You know, like we said, we'll be back next week. I, I think it's time we get, you know, we did two wrestlings. Let's maybe get back into a movie. We'll, we'll not, find something. Not an Italian one. We've done enough of those. No. We're going to get, we're going to travel somewhere else in the world. I'll help us find uh, yeah. a good one. 
It might be fun. Let's, let's look in. Let's let's do some research. Let's try and find maybe like a summer camp movie. Okay. I know last year we covered The Burning. That That's was right. a fun summer camp one. And, and there's a lot out there. So, uh, well, let's. Let's let's maybe do the deep dive. I have I have one in mind that's actually a pretty big hitter, but we'll we'll talk about it off air. We we want, we don't want to blow anything no, right now. Absolutely not. Okay, that is it for us. Thank you for listening. Subscribe, share it. Uh, you know, cut yourself on camera for me. Other than that, <laughs> have a great uh, holiday, and we will check you next time. All right. See you guys. Goodbye. Bye bye.